in a 27-point loss? UAE women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins tells us how his team can get a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. Plus, BYU football signee Jackson Kafusi in studio and BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood has his team doing something for the first time in 18 years. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Put your hands together. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, February 23rd, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who, no joke, was assisted by Jimmer Fredette on a three-pointer, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, in his high school, Glens Falls. Yeah, it, it was fun, uh, Jimmer's senior year, to uh, go to Glens Falls a couple of times, one in August, one in December, uh, and kind of see all that stuff. So, yeah, the Jimmer story has been a fun one to follow since his freshman year when he got to BYU, and then, of course, last night gets in the game. So he played in his fifth season in the NBA. And made the shot. And the internet exploded. Now, five years ago in that moment, <laughs> what are you thinking when you're like, yeah, I, I need to take advantage of this opportunity? I'm thinking I need to make the shot because I missed the first <laughs> one and then I made the second one. A la my rec league game You didn't want night. to assist Jimmer. You wanted him to pass you the ball. Yeah. Assist Jimmer? Boring. Jimmer assists me. Okay. Now we're talking. That's that scoring mentality that you have, huh? Yeah. Jimmer and I have the same scoring mentality. <laughs> Got to get those buckets, man. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As Jerem just referenced, Jimmer Fredette scored a monumental three points off the bench, according to social media, in a Knicks 27-point loss to the Toronto Raptors last night. How do you get a highlight in a 27-point loss? You're Jimmer Fredette. Well, more you're on James his Taft. night. And his coach's interesting comments coming up. The baseball team beat St. Louis in Game 4 yesterday, 11-7, to sweep the four-game series with the St. Louis Billikens. I wish it was the Cardinals, but beating the Billikens is good as well. It's the Cougars' first 4-0 start since 1998. Kevin Federick was the quarterback the last time the BYU went 4-0. What's up, Chris Hale? BYU women's <laughs> basketball. That was two next out. year. <laughs> True, 99. Two out in the AP poll. They are also the six, a six-seed. In ESPN's Bracketology, and BYU was just named the NCAA.com Team of the Week. Among all the women's basketball teams. Well done. Very nice. And men's volleyball stays at number two in the ABCA poll. The Cougars play 12th-ranked Northridge this weekend on BYU TV. I voted BYU number two as well in the the off-the-block media poll, which comes out a little later today. Jimmer's making threes in the NBA. Baseball's off to a fast start. Women's basketball rolling and volleyball, too. Plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. In the words of Taylor Swift, welcome to New York. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty confident with my ability right now, just being able to get uh, consistent minutes. You know, so I feel like I'm a very improved player um, and very confident. So if I have an opportunity, hopefully I'll try to take advantage of it. It's been waiting for you. I thought you were going to go Alicia Keys, but okay. Jimmer Fredette, to his credit, did take advantage of the spotlight last night, and it's nothing less than a pure phenomenon to watch social media explode. Specifically, the Twitter sphere, when Jimmer Fredette does something of any significance, 
in the National Basketball Association. It happened with the Kings. It happened with the Bulls when he came in for the first game. And at first with the Pelicans, and now with the Knicks. Just to recap, Jimmer Fredette made his debut with the Knicks last night, entering the game with under two minutes to play, and in a way that only Jimmer can. Down 22. Hit his first shot, poetically a three-pointer, much to the delight of fans at Madison Square Garden and across BYU Sports Nation and beyond. Okay, Jeremy, I want you to picture something. The fire is constantly burning, burning on Twitter, right? Okay, constantly. The, the flames. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's always yeah, going. Always. But then it has a Jimmer gasoline tanker dropped on it. <laughs> the three-pointer goes in, and then Sputnik 12 can see the flames from space. It's, and it's a Monday night. That's part of all of us. Okay, last season, Jimmer Fredette made nine threes in all. The entire season. The entire season. He played in 50 games. So he comes in, hits the 1-3, internet explodes. Good for Jimmer. Played, played in garbage time. He can't control that. Kurt Rambis, not a fan. We'll tell you why in a moment. The interim head coach. Uh, former Santa Clara Bronco, by the way, in the WCC. And Jimmer Fredette uh, lights it up. Sports Center tweets out a video of it. I mean, I, I don't know what to compare Jimmer to. But, Tebow. Well, Tebow had significant pro playing, uh, you know, time with the Broncos and got him to the playoffs and won a playoff game. Jimmer hasn't had that, so it's hard for me. I, I get white dude, Christian, uh, polarizing, great college player, Likeable. tougher in the um, tougher in the pros, right? So I, I get that comparison. Yes. But Jim Fredette scores three points in a 27-point loss, and the internet takes notice. This is so odd. Guess I, what? He's crazy likable. When Team Tebow what, goes... He's got, a, he's got a funny name, um, a yeah. different kind of name. I mean, we've talked about this like for 10 years now since he came to BYU. But it was interesting last night that even in year five, he finally gets the call to the NBA. I mean, he was with the Pelicans but never played earlier this season. Now he's with the Knicks. He scores... The one shot, he comes in. He gets scored on the two times down the floor, but we don't want to talk about that. He has three points in two minutes, and... That's an accurate description. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just an explosion of social media. And Is there a bigger fan base for a six-point-a-game career guy in the history of the NBA? No way. No way! Yeah, I can't. I mean, can you, can you think of anybody that even comes close to that? I thought the Vern Fleming of the Pacers... In uh, 91, I thought he had a pretty big following for a six-point-a-game guy. Vinny Del Negro in 93 for the San Antonio More than Spurs. six points a game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you can say one thing about Jimmer's offensive output. Delaney Rudd. Was, Jimmer's offensive output last night. He was efficient, and that brings us to our stat of the day. Oh, my God. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is the worst stat of the day we've ever done. Jimmer Fredette shot 100% last night in the Knicks line. <laughs> one for one. Scored the guard line of the Knicks. That's a sad, that's a sad commentary on the way that the Knicks guard line played last night. Yeah, the Knicks are terrible. By the way, we said that um, Phil Jackson is the GM yesterday. Team president. He's a team president. So less in charge. <laughs> Even less in charge. Is it fun? <laughs> Absolutely it's fun. Is it a feel-good thing? You bet. But is it lasting? Ah, there is the loaded question. And while we're on the topic of questions, let's roll out today's Twitter topic. What will Jimmer's story be when his 10-day contract with the Knicks expires? So that was game one. He'll have up to four more games, uh, possibly with the Knicks, before that 10-day contract expires. Or they can, you can sign two yes. 10-day contracts, and then you would need to be signed for real. 
um, not just the 10-day. So, so, you, so you have the option of two 10-day contracts before the team has to make an ultimate decision on what they want to do with you for the rest of the season. Use hashtag BYUSN and answer this question. At Family Budge, back to the D-League. He can't get a coach who wants him. Rambus is a joke. It's, is Rambus a joke? Is Rambus a joke? Well, he's an interim head coach. He's not even the head coach, um, the regular head coach. They fired Derek Fisher. Let's step back and so look the, at this for Knicks a second. The Knicks are a joke. Let's right step now. back and look at this for a second. Interim head coach, former NBA guy. Former WCC guy. Doesn't know much about Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> I mean, don't you think? Who doesn't know much about Jimmer Fredette? Now, hold your horses. Everyone knows about Jimmer Fredette. I'm not saying that he doesn't know what a great college player he was or the fact that he's a great three-point shooter, but he's he never coached. He plays for the D-League he's affiliate. Never he should know what him. he's doing. He's the interim coach, man. Derek Fisher knows more about Jimmer Fredette than Kurt Rambis does. If I have a guy affiliated with my team at the D-League level, and he just won the MVP of the D-League. I am at least aware of what's going on. I'm just saying, don't make Kurt Rambis out to be the, this horrible enemy person. He's trying to feel the situation out. He's trying to be fair to the whole roster. So for people to say, Kurt Rambis is an idiot. He's not giving Jimmer Fredette a chance. Well, it, we've been, been hearing one, that narrative for five it's years. It's been one day. It's been one day. Let Jimmer Fredette practice with the Knicks and have a meeting with Kurt Rambis and let him see him in those situations before you start saying, oh, he's not even going to give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing the same narrative, and I'd like some different action, a la the Big 12. Somebody do something, right? Give him a chance. Someone do something, right? Um, it's not sounding good from Kurt Rambis, though. Like, I don't think the Knicks are going to give Jimmer a shot, a la last night. They're down 22, didn't put him in earlier than the last buck 49, right? At Asian Shroth says he won't sign another contract, speaking of Jimmer, with the Knicks because coach, because coach, but will sign with another team that sees his potential. That's not, well, who is seeing Jimmer's potential? It's been five years. Paul Westfall. And uh, Paul Westfall got fired like a month into Jimmer for that NBA career. I was at Jimmer's first road start at Portland um, as a rookie and their first road game, and he started the game and everything. Yeah. It, it, we could dive into all the reasons of why Jimmer uh, Willer would not be you know, a, a player in the NBA for a long time, but I'm of the opinion that Jimmer will be back in the D-League after the 10-day contract because uh, I don't think the Knicks are going to give him a shot to uh, show what he can do. Now, is that deserved? That's up for debate. Now, let's discuss what Kurt Rambis has actually said. According to the New York Post... These are telling, man. And I quote, A lot of that decision to sign Jimmer comes from management too. <laughs> He's pointing at management going, they signed him. He's not <laughs> going to displace someone who's played all year and has worked hard in practice, Ramba said. He's got to be keyed into where everyone's supposed to be. I'm not sure he's there yet. Sounds like he's pretty sure. I don't believe him. It sounds like he's pretty sure. I'm telling you. But I don't find fault with Kurt Rambus questioning whether or not Jimmer Fredette fits in with the New York Knicks as of today, I would just I just want Jimmer to have more than two minutes left in a too. twenty-two I point block. I do too. I'm not asking him to start. I don't even. He doesn't even need to be the backup point guard. Just a little bit more run. You get down fifteen. It's in the fourth. Why not throw him out there? Rambus continues. He's basically an off guard in this league. He's yes. going to have to use his speed and quickness against someone who's a lot taller and stronger. That's that's. I mean, what's Jimmer's undoing ultimately in the NBA? That athleticism. No one questions his shot. No one questions his shot. Even though last year he really struggled from three, 
And that hurt him going into this year. That's why he's been in the D-League and not sitting on a, uh, an NBA team is because he did struggle. Um, but defensively, there's that. Athletically, all that. 6'2", a little shorter, whatever. One-on-one, well, I think being, he's a good offensive player. Yes. But it's not all about just that. Like, if he was a pitcher, he could come in and be a middle reliever and throw his submarine uh, you know, delivery and throw some sliders and get a couple outs. But that's not the case. You have to be an overall player in the NBA in a lot of ways to be able to be on the court, let alone excel. Now, here's the thing that Rambus said that is potentially a good sign for Jimmer Fredette. He's had some moments in this league. So, yes, he's aware of Jimmer and what he has done to a degree in the league. He is someone who can shoot the ball. If there's a time we need that versatility, floor spacing, somebody very aggressive offensively, one-on-one, it might be something we use, end quote. And I'll, I'll add this. Uh, Jimmer Fredette is most effective when the ball's in his hands and the run, offense runs through him. It took two and a half years to figure that out at BYU. And when it did, it got crazy, right? An NBA team, in my opinion, is not going to hand the keys over to Jimmer Fredette. And that's why he is relegated to what he is, which is an elite shooter, and that's pretty much it in the NBA. I'm just saying it's too soon to Shooting say Kurt ability. Rambis is yeah. the villain here. and the villain, the villain is Jimmer's athleticism, right? Because he's a great shooter, but no one wants him to be on the court for all the right reasons, right? Apparently. I mean, that's, that's been the case. I love Jimmer. Trust me. Got to know him. Got to know his family. Been to Glens Falls twice. I, I love that whole situation. What he does with bullying, all that. Awesome. I love Jimmer. Who doesn't love Jimmer? Associated with BYU. Who doesn't love Jimmer? But he's been in the league five years now. Five years. You, you show what you do in five years. Jimmer right? was not going to get in the game last night. Kurt Rambis said, I had no intention of putting Jimmer in the game. Okay? Fans, we want Jimmer. We want Jimmer. That starts in Madison Square Garden. 20. Okay? So, okay? yes, put him in, so baby. I, my point is, <laughs> there is pressure from the New York fan base and media and team management, if he's specifically saying team management had something to do with this. And he's pointing a finger at them. For him to put Jimmer on the floor a little bit. Yes, why that not? That will work in Jimmer's favor. You're the Knicks. You stink. Why not? Por que no? The reality is Jimmer is the fourth shooting guard on the roster right now. Behind the starter, Aaron Aflalo, Langston Galloway, and Sasha Vujicic. Then Jimmer Fredette. So it's, right it's going to be tough to get some PT there. He's going to have to earn it is what Kurt Rambis said, of which I think does. is fair. Oh. I think that is fair. You don't just get called up from the D-League and then play 20 minutes that night. You were in the D-League for a reason. So now you need to earn your way into that spot. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What will Jimmer's story be when his 10-day contract with the Knicks expires? At CJ Nelson 79, same old story, sadly. Coaches don't give him a chance. Listen, people, it's been five years. It's been five years. How do you not get a chance in five years? How much will Jimmer play? He's got four more games guaranteed and nine days left on that 10-day contract. We'll see. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Up next, fresh fresh off a regular season WCC championship, Jeff Judkins is back in studio. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, next week we will be live from Las Vegas, Nevada at the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships. 
Thursday through Tuesday, including a Saturday special with BYU Sports Nation, as well as live game coverage from there. Check it out starting next Thursday, same time, noon Eastern time. A little bit earlier for us, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, so we get a, we, we get the privilege of getting up one hour earlier. It's going to be awesome. Woo! I know you're looking forward no, to that. I do love it. It's fun to uh, it's fun to go down to Vegas every year. This will be the sixth straight year BYU TV is involved with the West Coast Conference. Let's go! What will Jimmer Fredette's story be when his 10-day contract with the New York Knicks expires? That TX Colonel says on day five, Rambus gives in to the fans and starts Jimmer for 25 minutes, reigniting the fans and saving Rambus's job. Oh, my goodness. He's an interim head coach. We'll see how long he has that job anyway. <laughs> Jimmer's the fourth-string shooting guard right now. The good news is... The guys ahead of him haven't been overwhelmingly awesome. Langston Galloway, Sasha Oh, they're Vujicic, all on the Knicks, so no. They average seven and three points <laughs> respectively. So just maybe Jimmer gets a few more minutes because of the situation he's in. It's wishful thinking. Joining us now, a man who played in the NBA, who got buckets in the NBA, and is now watching his team do work in terms of winning a West Coast Conference championship. Jeff Judkins, congratulations on the championship, Coach. Good to have you back in Studio B. Thanks, Spencer. It's been a fun week, and... Now we got to go back to work. We got some games this week, and then of course the tournament. In front of twenty four hundred people, or almost twenty four hundred people, BYU beats second place team San Diego and wins that outright conference title. I have a story for you in a second, but first I want I want to hear your reaction to the biggest crowd of the season to watch, probably the most exciting moment uh, in a lot of your team's careers. Yeah, I, I, it was great to have so many people there to support. Not just us for the game, but our seniors. Um, Lexi Rodolch is a special player, and that was her last game at the Marriott Center. And then Kylie, I mean, who thought Kylie, a young lady from Hawaii, would come and play at BYU and be part of this program. And so it was great to have uh, a good turnout for that. And then, of course, to win the championship uh, this early um, it's kind of surprising. You know, this this league is so competitive. Um, and uh, for us to be far enough ahead to be able to do that. And, you know, the thing that's nice when we won it, Lexi said, Coach, we're not done. And I think that's the attitude that our team has, and hopefully we'll keep getting better. And we have a big week. We need to take care of these two games and go in the tournament with a lot of confidence. I want to talk about that in a moment, but first I want to get your uh, opinion of Jim Fredette getting, I guess, two minutes last night, comes in, hits a three. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, everybody knows he can shoot. The reason he's not playing in the league is is his defensive presence of not being able to guard people. At least that's what they think. In college, you can sag off people. In the NBA, you're you're stuck guarding people who can't shoot close because it's a technical if you're not close to them, which doesn't make any sense to me, but that's what they do. Um, but, you know, Jimmer's biggest chance will be if somebody gets hurt. You know, I mean, you're talking about those four people. He, he's got to hope one of those guys gets sick, injured, or he gets an opportunity. Isn't that interesting that that's, that's what it has become for him? He's in day two of a 10-day contract. Do you have any idea what he might be feeling mentally right now? I know you were an NBA guy, but what, what would you be thinking if you were in his shoes? He just wants to go out and play his best basketball in practice, his attitude, what kind of person he is, what kind of team player he is. Um, can he fit in? I really believe he needs to get in a program that the center, there's an inside presence, or there's people that can really drive. I mean, think about it. John Paxton, Steve Kerr played in the league a long time because there's a guy named Michael Jordan that you had, you couldn't guard him one on one, 
and he penetrated and he kicked to them for shots. That's the kind of team he needs to get on. You know, I kind of had the same kind of player. Mackenzie Morrison is a great defender, though, okay? But, you know, when she's hitting jump shots, when Lexi is penetrating or Kehlani's penetrating and kicking to her and she's hitting those shots, our team is way better. It's just we have more offensive power, and that's what she brings. And she hits those shots for us. We're, we're a very good team. And um, But the nice thing about McKenzie is she's the best defender in the league. She's by far the best two-guard defender in our league. Wow. She's, she shuts down. She guarded Hood, who I think is a very, very good player. She scored, I think, eight or ten points, but she worked for it. She's guarded Nicholson from St. Mary's, who's one of the best scorers. She's done a great job. She guarded, you know, she guarded the Texas A&M girl who's an All-American who shut her down with eight points. She's been a, a, a for me, she's a great scorer and shooter, but her defensive presence mm-hmm. has been a, a totally outstanding for us. Uh, maybe the final question about Jimmer, who knows? Uh, this is the fifth season he's in the league. Have we seen everything Jimmer has to offer the league? Or is there some untapped part that somehow in five seasons we haven't seen? I don't know. Maybe he gets a chance and he can prove to people that he can defend it. The key to life, and people don't realize this, is to play as long as you can until you take the shoes off and now hopefully make as much money as he possibly can when he takes them off. Um, Does he go back in the D League? I think if he doesn't get a good shot in the NBA, I think he goes over to Europe. And I think he, he burns it up over there and makes good money like a lot of guys have done. Pace Mannion did that. Travis Hansen did it. There's a lot of people that— Tyler Haas is doing it right yeah, now. Yeah, Tyler Haas is doing it. There's a lot of guys. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> people don't realize how hard it is to get in that league. I mean, it's not an easy league. It's, it's up and down. And, um, you know, he's had a great career. And I think uh, a lot of people would like to see him be successful. As of yesterday, BYU women's basketball projected as a sixth seed now in the NCAA tournament, that according uh, to ESPN's Bracketology. What do you have to do or what do you want to accomplish over the next few weeks to potentially better that seed? I mean, could it, could it go higher than that, Coach? I think if we, if we ran the table from here to the tournament, we were only that win, winning five games, yeah, I think it would put us in a really good position to maybe be higher with some other teams getting knocked off in the tournament. Um, you know, I, I know right now the whole key to the NCAA tournament is who you're matched up with and who where your team really can can play their best against. And that's really what, when it all comes down to. That's what we're, we're shooting for. But for me as a coach, you know, I want my team to continue to keep going. We have Portland. You know, they're not the top of our league, but if we lost that game, it hurt our RPI. It hurt a lot of things. And then We've never won in Gonzaga, so to be able to go in there and hopefully beat them there and then go in the tournament knowing that we're the defending champions, I think, can, can really help us. Is that Gonzaga game sold out? Or is it is. About- it's sold out. That's amazing in the kennel. What's that going to be like for you to have to win in front of that kind of crowd? You know, we've had our last three years that they've sold it out. That's the biggest game of the year for them is us. and um, Especially this year. Yeah, this year, senior night and all these things, so... We have a lot to play for, and I and I think my team's excited to go there and play and hopefully play well and, and get our first win there. You've coached some really good teams, a couple of Sweet 16 teams, but they've never had the RPI or the projected seed that this team does this year. So where does this team with Lexi Rydalch and Kalani Purcell and Mackenzie Pulsifer kind of sit among all the teams that you've coached? 
It's hard. This team is, uh, we have three scores that are different than I've had in the past. Usually I've had really, really good inside presence. And with Jen and Bay and Danny Kubik and Kristen Riley, those, those years of those teams that, I, that was good. This team we don't have as inside presence as, as well, but we have probably the most versatile team offensively that I've coached. And that Kilani has done a lot better job of posting up, as you probably noticed in that game there night. We tried to really take care of that mismatch. With McKenzie's outside shooting and the way that she can come off screens and shoot, and then Lexi is, I think, if she's not the best player in the nation of how to score differently, she's dang close with her outside shot, with her driving, with her pull-up, with her rebounding, with her running the court. I mean, she had 33 there tonight, and I didn't even – it didn't even dawn on me. I was in the crowd and I looked up and thirty three. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. No even, and that's that's when you know you're offensively that you're. You know, even like even like when McKenzie holds somebody to eight points and you, you just you just count on it. Or Kylie doesn't turn the ball over. She gets your team in their offense. Or you know, it's really sad. Kristen Fuller played a good game. Or Nelson now she played a dang good game there tonight, but. You know, where do you play her with Lexi and McKenzie doing what they're doing? And um, Amanda Weymouth, I mean, who would think that she would do what she's done this year with our team? You know, the solid performance that she's, you know, that she's put in for us. So it's been a great team effort. I, I think that's one thing about this team. We, we have a lot of certain players that come and do their roles and do it well. And that's why we've been winning. Let's play a little game before you leave um, because you and Jimmer had – have five years, you know, in the NBA. So let's play a little more or less. More games played. You tell me if you think you have more or I think less I, than I think, Jimmer. I think I had more. Okay, you had uh, 272 games in the NBA. Jimmer has 234. Okay, so I'm ahead of him. Points per game, more or less than Jimmer. I'd say I'm ahead of him also. Ooh, he's ahead. Six, uh, six a game, you had 5.4. <laughs> okay. Rebounds. How many more shots did he take than me? How many more shots? Let's look, let's look at field goals here. Uh... Don't don't ask me that. I gotta scroll up to totals, <laughs> man. He's taken twelve uh twelve hundred and fifty-three shots. You took twelve forty-eight. So he's taking five more shots than yeah, you. Yeah, that's why that's he's it. Ahead you of me. jacked it up a lot. <laughs> you jacked it up. Wow. Okay, how about rebounds? rebounds. I think I think I got him beat on that. One point six to one. Wow. Well, that, that's not that's not that big a margin. Yeah, it isn't. Okay. Jeff Judkins and Jim are very very yeah. similar NBA career. Okay. Okay. Well, we appreciate the insight into what it might be like for Jimmer. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's something that's difficult for BYU fans to watch uh, because they want him to do what he did in college. They want him to have that opportunity, but it just sometimes it doesn't translate to the NBA. It doesn't. It's it's more athleticism. It's one on one. I'm not saying he doesn't play one on one. That's why I think Lexi Lexi Rylot just got a good opportunity in the WNBA because she is a good one on one player and she is a good defender. She can guard people off the dribble, and I think that's what will help her. Where, you know, I had Aaron Thorne, who was a really good player, but one of her biggest weaknesses is that she wasn't as good one-on-one player. She had to have screens. Lexi can do it by herself, and I think that'll help her when she goes to the next level. When's the WNBA draft, by the way? It's well, right after the Final Four, I think. All righty. Okay. Do you yeah. expect her to be drafted? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Well, and yeah. speaking of Aaron Thorne, she said she expects Lexi to be drafted as well. So that. Uh... 
Two yeah. credible voices right yeah, there. And, yeah. and me, so that makes three. Yeah. I think she has a great Two and a half credible voices. Coach, great to talk to you as always. Uh, good luck at Portland and Gonzaga. Yeah, hope we can do it, and then we'll see you guys down the tournament. That's we right. will be there. Karma. Up next, speaking of teams that are rolling, BYU baseball off to their best oh start goodness. in almost two decades. The head coach, Mike Littlewood, in studio to join us and tell us what in the world is going right. How do you score 37 runs in four games? I think this team's really well coached. That's all I can come up with so far. There we go. (laughs) Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch basketball on Thursday. 11 p.m. Eastern time, so a late tip for BYU and Portland, the penultimate home game for the Cougars. BYU lost at Portland, so looking for a bit of redemption there. Thursday night, you can listen to it right here on BYU Radio or watch it on ESPNU. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. And by the way, I'm taking some heat for defending Kurt Rambis here, which I knew would happen, but it's a 10-day contract. Who cares? Jimmer Fredette scored three points off the bench in the next 27-point loss to the Raptors last night, yet he was on SportsCenter. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's unbelievable. Fredette has at least four more games in the remaining nine days of that current contract. Women's Hoops, two out in the AP poll. They're also the sixth seed in ESPN's Bractology and named the NCAA.com Women's Basketball Team of the Week. Congrats. Men's Volleyball staying at number two in the AVCA poll. The Cougars played 12th-ranked Northridge, Cal State Northridge, that is, this weekend on BYU TV. BYU Baseball, by the way, off to their best start in almost two decades, 18 years after an 11-7 win, sweeping the four-game series with the St. Louis Billikens yesterday, and the head coach of BYU Baseball is now with us in Studio, studio B, guest number two. Mike, good to have you back, man. <laughs> Great to be here. Thanks. It's baseball season. We're going to have you in here regularly. Almost spring. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys go 4-0 over the weekend. What, what got into you guys to go 4-0 for the first time since 98? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, we, we love this team. We've said all along that uh, we've got more depth. I think in the past, since I've been here three years ago, this is our fourth year, but uh, we haven't had the depth. And, you know, people talk about you, why do you need depth in baseball? But I think the last couple of years we've had maybe five or six really competitive hitters in the lineup and four, you know, maybe three or four that they'll, they'll battle for you, but you're not sure what you're going to get. And this year we have 12 or 13 guys we're going to run out there that are going to really make pitchers work. And I, so it, it was decent pitching. It wasn't the best pitching we'll see. I mean, those guys were upper 80s, some low 90s, but, um, no matter what I think, no matter who we face, we're going to make those pitchers work and, and tax the other pitcher, uh, other team staff. It's going to be nice. Now I shorted you a bit. I said thirty-seven runs in four games. It was thirty-seven and three. It's forty-eight, 48. runs in four games. Twelve runs a game. I mean, I know you want your team to perform well, but like, can you can you expect something like that realistically as a coach? No, absolutely not. I mean, I I would I would think when. <laughs> When things shake out at the end of the year, hopefully we're we're putting up six, seven runs a, a game. You know that that's probably a more would be nice. That's kind but, of the target, probably, six or yeah, seven. I think with our staff this year, if we if we go six or seven runs, we're going to be uh, we'll be competitive. But you, you can never. I mean, it, it surprised me honestly. Um, every single guy in our lineup, with the exception of Bronson Larson, who struggled a little bit over the weekend, had great at bats. I mean, uh, Brennan Lund, Player of the Week, West Coast Conference Player of the Week, hit like six eighty. Kyle Dean stepped up for us. Had a big home run in game one. Eric Urey had a home run. And what's what's incredible about this lineup, Kyle's hitting eight in the lineup, and he hit, you know, he puts together great at-bats. I mean, he just, he's got such an advanced approach. He'll get two strikes, and it doesn't matter. He's going to battle and battle. Um, and that's, you know, that's out of our 
eight hitter. Our nine hitter is either Jackson Clough or Nate Favero playing third base, which there's a battle going on right there, which is which is kind of nice to see. And then Brendan Anderson's hitting seventh. We're getting incredible production out of the bottom half of our lineup. We uh, made a big deal, and, and he deserved it for Kyle Dean when he signed. And then he hits a home run in that first game. Yeah. How pleasing was that to see? Okay, he can play at this level like we thought. Yeah, well, you know, it, it wasn't too hard to figure out that Kyle could play at this level. Um, we were just relieved that he decided to come here. And <laughs> honestly, the first series, really the first series that, that he had was probably the best he's played since he arrived on campus. He he looked more relaxed. He some guys, some guys are good practice players. Some guys are good game guys. And when the lights go on, they, they shine. And fortunately, we have a few of those guys this year, and Kyle's one of them. Mike Littlewood, the head baseball coach of BYU with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. St. Louis was picked to win the Atlantic 10 Conference, so the preseason favorite. You sweep a team like that. What kind of accomplishment is that this early in the season? Well, to sweep anyone is, is huge. It's just so tough. To, to sweep a team in baseball, especially in a four-game series. Um, I was just hoping our guys would show up Monday and, and not be satisfied with three wins. It's hard after two wins not to be satisfied with two and come out the third game, especially on a doubleheader. So that was tremendous to see that effort on uh, Saturday night. And then again, we get down 5-2 in the third and come back and bounce back and score four runs in the fourth in that last game, and, and it was on from there. So I just love, you know, the, the one thing I've talked about with this team is we're talented uh, and we have a little depth, but, man, they, they just want to go play. They have fun doing it. They get, they get along. People talk about team chemistry, and, and I think it's underestimated in sports, in athletics. Um, this team has team chemistry, and, and again, that's something you, you can't coach. You just keep your fingers crossed that there's going to be some leaders and some followers, and they're all going to get along. 48 runs, you're about 406, but I thought the pitching was really good, too. You get Michael Rucker and Maverick Buffo. Uh, and it looked like, uh, let's see, who was it? Hayden Rogers. All th- the, I, I think uh, day one, two, three, all of them go at least six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very few runs. What did you see from them? All quality quality starts for us. I mean, Mike Rucker, there was, a, there was probably 15, 20 scouts there, and um, you know they have all the guns and all the averages. And his average fastball was a little bit over 92 miles an hour, and he's throwing three pitches for strikes. It's exactly what we expect from Mike to, to set the tone. Buffo, Maverick was from Spanish Fork down here. He uh, – he was almost the same. I mean, he was throwing his curveball for, for strikes all game long, throwing his off-speed stuff. Change-up looked really good. And his fastball was 89-91. Um, and then Hayden kind of changes it up from the left side, which was nice. Uh, what I liked is our offense gave us the opportunity to get every single guy on our staff, freshmen, uh, transfers, uh, an, at least one inning, which mm-hmm. was nice to get that first college outing under your belt. Um, now maybe the, the butterflies are gone and they can go out and compete next time. But they all did a great job. Over the past few years, we've had more than a few conversations talking about just wanting your pitching staff to consistently throw strikes. Too many guys getting bases on balls. Too many walks. And I heard from some of your players, I won't throw out specific names, but they said, we feel like this is the year that we're not going to walk as many guys. We have guys that can throw consistent strikes. Is this something that, that you see and that you would agree with? Absolutely. I mean, it's something that we, we, we pound that into their head every single day. First pitch strike, work ahead, be efficient. All those, all those catchphrases that, that you try to talk to your pitchers about, ultimately it comes down to, to talent. I mean, you've got to get the guys on the, on the mound that are going to be able to do that. And then, it, and then the next thing, it's, it's like shooting a free throw or putting. You know, you see one guy walk a guy, and then it just kind of builds and builds and builds. But um, I think that's why Mike Rucker and Maverick Buffo and Hayden Rogers – are so important to us because they set that tone and, and they see all these other relievers are like, man, well, all we got to do is throw it over the plate. 
They'll hit it at us. We'll play catch. We have, we've got a great defensive team. Um, this, this week, I think we struck out 29 and walked 14. Our first pitch strike efficiency was around 55%, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Where do you uh, want it to be? 55 is good. Ours might have been uh, around 50. 55 is probably the, the average. So, I mean, if you can get, a, if you can get ahead of hitters, I mean, the, their batting average is, is going to go way down. It, it's just, you know, you can look at, you can look at the stats and, and the numbers. And so you always want to work ahead. But ultimately, it's up to the pitchers. Like, hey, I, I just got to go battle you. I, gotta, I get that first pitch over, work ahead, uh, and be efficient. Those are the things we try to preach to our pitchers. More satisfying, uh, going 4-0 and playing really well, or the birth of your third grandchild. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Rory Andrew Condes. Yeah. So shout out to Micah. She did an Rory. awesome job. Yeah. Nice. I, so I need to have a, a, a grandson or granddaughter born every road trip because I get to fly back instead of <laughs> Sounds like instead you need of the bus. How, did, yeah. how does that work? Okay. So like, what, what kind of traveling schedule did you have because of all of well, that? Well, what, what was nice is um, Coach Herring was going to take me to the, to the airport. I just booked a flight, you know, when, when I knew she had the baby and um, Coach Herring and his wife, Mary, were going to take me to the airport, but I had a friend, Chad Shepard, that, that flew in. He's a basketball referee, flew in um, and watched the games, and he was going to the airport, so I hopped in with him, went to the airport, and I was on my way. Is that after, <laughs> yesterday after the game? After the game, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Got there about 4.30 for a 4.50 flight. It was perfect. Perfect. You're you back look... early in the office doing some work, well-rested. <laughs> yeah. You look really tan, by yeah, the way. I'm, we I'm, can tell yeah. you were it's not good. in Utah. It's good from here up. <laughs> from there yeah. up. That's all you need. That's, That's all, all you need. <laughs> How much of a disadvantage is it to play on the road, essentially, for the first month of the season? Because, I mean, it's not baseball weather in Utah, so what kind of a challenge is that? Well, you know, it's challenging in one regard. I think going on the road in, in any college athletics, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, and I think there, a study came out last week that basketball is the hardest to do to go on the road and win. But hmm. it's, just hardest, it's just hard for these age kids to go on the road, be out of their element, and, and try to win against, you know, just they're, they're, they're not used to having all that stuff happen to them. Um, crowd yelling against them instead of for them. In high school, you know, your parents are out there rooting for you and, uh, everybody's for you, and now some people are against them. It's hard; it's just hard to overcome. Well, on the on the flip side, I think it brings your team together. Uh, I think it it gives you an opportunity to have to, to some bonding time to get to know your players uh, on a different, a little bit different level. So I look at it as a, as a, more of a positive than I do a negative because we just we're going to have to do that here. We've got to travel. You have another four game series this week. You head to Alabama, Birmingham specifically to play Samford, not to be confused with Stanford, which Blaine Fowler thought we said <laughs> Stanford. Yeah. It was Stanford one time. Um, how did you schedule this, and how much uh, film or scouting can you do on a team like Stanford? Well, it's interesting. Not a whole lot of film, but uh, Trent Pratt does our scouting report, and uh, and he also does our scheduling. He and I do our scheduling. He does the bulk of it, um, but Stanford. It's an RPI. Sc- scheduling. Uh, so was St. Louis. There are teams in the last couple of years that have won 30 plus games. Um, so St. Louis, now we're rooting for St. Louis every single game they play. I mean, because w- when we beat them up like that and they go win 30 games, which I think they will, um, uh, we caught them on a, on a really good week, I think, then our, it's going to really help our RPI. And then by going down to, to Birmingham, and if we can win the series down there and then have them win 30 games, that, that really helps our RPI. We'll call around. Trent calls around other coaches, common opponents, to get scouting reports. And Trent does a great job, but we know exactly what the other team's going to do pretty much to a, to a T. BYU picked to finish fifth in the West Coast Conference. Now, do you put that in the back of your players' minds often? You know, I, I don't, to be honest with you. I really don't. I don't use it because I, I just think that other teams don't have any clue who we have on our team with the, with the missions. Um, 
So it's like Nate Favero. They don't remember Nate Favero. He's hitting like 500 for us. They don't remember Brennan Anderson. He's going to hit 300 this year. Um, they just don't remember some of the guys that we have coming back. And, and so uh, if, you, if you just look at last year's team and who we lost, maybe I would pick us fifth or sixth or something anyway. But um, if we don't come close to winning these, this league and, and reaching a regional, I'll, I'll be disappointed. I know all the other 35 guys in our program will as well. We need you to sign our stretch Y flag, if you don't mind. It's I know a new you, one. It's a new it's one. It's a new one. Yeah. All right. You yeah. signed the Rise Up flag. Okay. That one got say. loaded up, right. so uh, we have a new flag. We've never had a former basketball happy, ref sign this, so this is very ha- exciting yeah. for us. <laughs> happy to do it. Coach, congratulations. <laughs> More karma, especially for that road trip. The games are one thing. The road trip will be another. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, we, we'll give out the BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, BYU to hit Birmingham, Alabama, and take on Sanford in their uh, RPI battle. <laughs> Coach, we appreciate the time, Thanks, man. guys. Appreciate it. Yell Roll Tide or War Eagle just randomly. Throughout the weekend. Yeah, I'll do it. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Up next, BYU football signee Jackson Kafusi. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hey, we'll be live from Vegas next week starting on Thursday all the way through Tuesday, including a Saturday edition of the show next week from the West Coast Conference Tournament, live games as well. I think we're doing 11 games down there. Uh, It's going to be a ton of fun, so hang out with us uh, from Vegas starting next Thursday. Jimmer Fredette signed a 10-day contract at the New York Knicks as of yesterday. It's now day number nine, and while we're counting down days... uh... Countdown to the Wildcats! 193. You didn't even try and sabotage that one. I'm just bored with it. Like, it's not a Jimmer 3. It's a countdown to something in 193 days. BYU football 193 (laughs) days away from taking on the Arizona Wildcats in the 2016 season opener. Speaking of BYU football. Two more exciting things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a recent signee with us in Studio B, Jackson Kafusi. Jackson, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, thank you. Let's start with the easy question. Why did you feel like I have to be at BYU and play football for the Cougars? Um, you know, it was just like the perfect fit for me. You know, um, I had gone to the Temple quite a few times and prayed about it, and certain things happened. I ran into Coach Sataki a couple times, which was like weird to me. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just, as I thought about it, coming close to signing day, like BYU is perfect for me. They have like everything. The church is really strong here, obviously, and... That's one of the main priorities in my life, and uh, family's close, great school, awesome football, and yeah, it was just perfect fit for me. I agree with you. Kalani Sataki can be kind of a weird dude. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, six foot two, two ten, linebacker. Um, where do you see yourself fitting in with BYU on the field? Uh, I think defense, linebacker. Um, that's what I played in high school, and that was Out, my outside, yeah. inside. Yeah, outside, outside. Okay. That was my favorite spot. I just. I don't know. Something about defense is playing with some tenacity and that attitude. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but BYU kind of was a little bit fuzzy when you first started the recruiting process, and then it kind of solidified as it got closer to signing day, and you had some other options. So, what other what other options were you considering before BYU became like the choice? Um, uh, Cal Berkeley, uh, Utah, and Washington State—they're all pretty close to BYU. So. Uh, was there is there familial pressure being a Kafusi with? I know there's ties to Utah, but ultimately you go on to make the best choice for you. 
But there have been some pretty good Kafusis here recently. I don't know, Steve, Bronson, Devin, your cousin, <laughs> right on a mission? Uh, no, there, was, there wasn't any pressure. Um, I, I felt like I could have chosen anywhere, really. And uh, BYU just happened to be the best choice. So. Yet, you get to play with your cousin Devin after his mission. Um, and, you know, Steve Kafusi is a coach here. What does that mean? Do you have Uncle Steve, cousin Devin? Um, you know, I'm just, I don't know, it's just exciting to, like, you know, I've never really played with Devin, but we've been so close growing up, and I'm just excited for that. And Steve, he's he's a great guy, and he just, like, I don't know, he's kind of like a father figure. We used to stay at his house during the summer, and uh, he just taught us a lot of lessons, so it's, I'm pretty excited for that. You play ping pong down in that basement? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It gets, okay. gets heated. <laughs> your brother Isaiah returns, according to your mom, end of May. Uh, and that's coming up very quickly. What are your conversations like with him now that you've signed to play at BYU and he's coming back to play at BYU? Um, you know, they've been like, I don't know, it's just like the vision. Like he, uh, his first email to me was he was talking about how Devin's going to be at the end and he's going to be linebacker and I'm on the other side. And like the quarterback like rolls out and we, all three of us make a tackle, like just getting tackled. Like he's, <laughs> that's what he's talking about. And I'm like so excited for that. So. Let's let's project then. So it's 2016. You have mission first plans, right? Yeah. Um, what what's the process like right now of, of papers and all that? Uh, yeah, just just getting them done. Um, I have to get my wisdom teeth out soon. So. Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> that might be harder than the papers. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> please okay, somebody so. record the conversations <laughs> shortly after you the might surgery. Get on Ellen or something. Yeah. <laughs> so so 2016, you'll miss the 2016 season. 17. So 2018, you'll be a freshman. So. Could could be 2018. We have three Kafusis on defense. Yes, making tackles. Yeah, wow. 2018. <laughs> At least three Kafusis. Who knows others out there? I, I know the guys look up to NFL players and former BYU players and and kind of pattern their own sp- skill sets after them. Who would you who would you like to say that you pattern your skill set after and, and the way that you play on the football field? Um, I don't know. I think I'd I'd like to say Kyle Van Noy. Um, obviously he was huge here and great athlete and. That's who I want to be like, and uh, you know, just make plays, play after play. So, are you the coolest? That sounds good to me. Are you the coolest Kafusi? <laughs> I'd like to think so. Okay, <laughs> you, can, you can say yes. Everyone back there is like, no. <laughs> I, think, I think Corbin. Corbin's one of the the cooler ones. He's just Corbin's funny. Cool. He can make you laugh anytime. So. Yes, he is. Yes, <laughs> more Kafusis, man. Just bring them all. Just all the Kafusis. Just get in here. Jackson, congratulations on signing with BYU, and uh, good luck uh, in the the immediate future on your mission, and we look forward to seeing you on the football field in 2018. Thank you. Thank you. That's so far away. We talked about 193 days away. 2018, my goodness. Let's give him the karma for school. 726, (laughs) or whatever it is. Time to sign the flag. Yeah, absolutely. Sign the flag. You need to take the karma on your LDS mission. Yeah. Jackson Kafusi. Where's Isaiah, by the way? Tonga. Tonga. You said it correctly. We got got a tongue and head coach here. This all fits in, man. (laughs) The first ever. Who you just called weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, he knows it. I'm telling. (laughs) (laughs) BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? Let's whip it, Jimmer. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Jimmer! Burnett scored three points off the bench in the Knicks 27-point loss to the Raptors last night. Uh, had took one shot, made it, and the internet broke. 100%. Baseball. BYU baseball beat St. Louis 11-7 to sweep a four-game series with the Billikens yesterday. It's the Cougars' first 4-0 start since 1998. Also, Brennan Lund 
West Coast Conference Player of the Week after going 10 for 16 through the first three games against St. Louis. Women's basketball. Cougars are two out in the AP poll. They're also the sixth seed in ESPN's Bracketology and the NCAA.com Team of the Week in women's hoops. Volleyball. BYU men's volleyball, number two in the ABCA poll. The Cougars play 12th-ranked Northridge this weekend. Jerem Jordan, Steve Vell, Lauren Frank, I'm on the call on BYU TV. Golf. The women's team is ranked 25th. I didn't know that until today. Uh, they're tied for fourth in the Gold Rush Tournament in California, naturally. Alex White is two over after day one and in the top ten. Softball. McKenna Bull has a fantastic name for a softball pitcher, and uh, she's yeah. also the West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week after 35 strikeouts in four games. Gymnastics. You had that too in intramural softball, but it was the other way around. Mackenzie Halliday is the MRGC Gymnast of the Week after a 39.225 in the all-around against Utah State. Did you know? You also Mc- had a couple homers. Did you know that Mackenzie Halliday is married to a Utah football player? Yeah, that's okay, I guess. Yeah, well, when you're winning MRGC Gymnast of the Week, it's all good, right? Yeah, you have to get that consistently for that to be okay. Future guests on the show, Dave Rose, BYU basketball head coach, Jared Ward, who is going to the Olympics in the marathon, and Nate Austin is chasing down Russell Larson, even with him for that all-time foul record. Nate's one foul for the record, man. We'll talk to Dave Rose and ask him if he's going to make sure Nate's in the game. And if we can stop the game when he does it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And we're giving it to BYU Baseball. It's been almost 20 years since they started a season 4-0. and Yeah, people are feeling great about their performance. Hopefully they keep it up uh, Thursday at Samford in a four-game series in Alabama. What will Jimmer's story be when his 10-day contract with the New York Knicks expires? Our elite tweeted today from at YFangirl underscore JB. She says... I hope for the sake of Knicks fans and our entertainment, he stays in New York. When when Jimmer plays, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. It really is. Hey, thanks to our guests today. Awesome lineup. Jeff Judkins, Mike Littlewood, and Jackson Kafusi, and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. You ready to throw some uh, footballs off the set, Jerem? Yeah, I'll throw a couple. Got Jackson Kafusi in studio still. I hope he doesn't. He caught it. He can intercept it. Show on demand, BYUSN.com, audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Michael Lloyd Jr. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. I loved Michael Lloyd Jr. Jimmer! He was awesome.